Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 74, Idaho Revisited. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, took a really nice trip to Idaho, just myself, over Labor Day weekend. Liz was getting ready for school. Ellensburg schools uh, began right after Labor Day. We're on the quarter system here at CWU, so of course, in our cushy life, we uh, we don't start till late September. And by the way, if you're curious, um, there was a lot of concern about enrollment numbers at Central Washington University, like there is uh, at universities around the world, I suppose, coming out of this pandemic. Um, and, but there's been a flurry of activity recently. My Geology 101 class is full. Uh, we're adding lab sections to accommodate the uh, kind of late arrivals, meaning we didn't really have, you know, summer orientation sessions like we normally do for brand new uh, first year students. Used to call them freshmen. I guess we don't do that anymore. Uh, so in my little geology world, in the geology department, we have uh, uh, lots of students, uh, lots of new majors. Uh, I have to say it, some in part due to what's going on here with uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast, which is really nice to see. So there's kind of a, there's an effect uh, among uh, people uh, coming out of high school as well as uh, an effect on uh, everybody else, I guess, as far as the reach of some of these geology programs. So terrific stuff there. Um, so, um, I'm in this uh, never-never land, which is usually what happens the first uh, two weeks of September, where the weather's usually very nice, uh, my wife is busy at school, and I'm just kind of ramping up to uh, get involved. But this is not normal. You know, I've got this uh, YouTube channel now where I'm making videos, and I'm still getting a big old kick out of it. I, I'm starting to wonder, will I ever kind of get bored with it? Or just stop making videos, but I don't know the answer to that. Right now, it sure feels like a lot of fun. And in this case, I attended a reunion um, at Idaho State University in Pocatello, Idaho. That's southeastern Idaho. That's a good 10-11 hour drive from here in central Washington. And instead of the usual, just doing hammering it out on all in one big drive to visit the in-laws, Yes, I met my wife in Pocatello. Her family still is in Pocatello. So it's not like I haven't been to Idaho uh, in the last 30 years. But uh, this trip was different, and I'd like to share with you some of the geology that I stumbled upon, um, some of the videos that I created um, with my gizmo and my uh, iPhone. And it's just a little... Uh, compliment, I guess, uh, to uh, what, what, what exists in video form across the way. But in the radio program, you get uh, a slightly different uh, take on things. And I know that some of you don't watch the videos. And so maybe uh, these ra radio episodes uh, at times stand alone. Uh, that's, that's the hope. So how to do it? Let's see. Um, Actually, I wrote down some notes for myself, not very common. Well, sure, let me just give you the, um, there are there are f uh, there are six videos 
available, if you're interested, that were shot over Labor Day weekend during this trip. I left the Thursday of Labor Day. We have a big rodeo here, like truly two blocks away, <laughs> and a big county fair as well in Ellensburg, and so it's usually just, um, you know, it's chaos here. So Liz and I usually get away, and this time we got away separately. So being away on Thursday, I drove down to Haley, Idaho, uh, near Sun Valley or Ketchum or uh, the Sawtooth Mountains in central Idaho, if you're familiar with the area. And I, I truly had not been back in that valley, Sun Valley, uh, in 30 years. So I was full of nostalgia and I, I uh, found a, a nice Mexican restaurant in uh, Bellevue, Idaho and had a little meal. And I thought, well, I got a couple hours of daylight. Let me uh, crack open this roadside geology book of Idaho that I just purchased and see if I can find something that was written about this uh, area between Bellevue, Idaho uh, and Sun Valley, Idaho. And uh, the, the book essentially just fell open to a, a photo of the Haley conglomerate with these uh, steeply inclined beds uh, towering above the town of Haley. And I'm like, that's like five minutes away. So I punched the GPS in the, in the phone, uh, got to the trailhead, grabbed Gizmo, uh, started uh, hoofing it up the ridge. It was one of those locals uh, hiking places. You know, there were a few other folks. Uh, just after work or whatever, uh, taking a little uh, hike, but it, it's it's a workout. And I scrambled up there and just started filming in, in this style that I've gotten to now where there's no planning. I just kind of turn the camera on and I just uh, try to find some outcrops and just kind of go from there. So that's the Haley conglomerate episode. I never really did find beautiful big pebbles in the Haley conglomerate. The terrain was quite steep, uh, but I, I made do with the best I could. And I, you know, eventually back down at the car, essentially right along the Big Wood River, I did find some cobbles. But I, I'm sure there were spots that uh, were right around the ridge or something that were, you know, spectacular conglomerates. And uh, I'm sure if if some geologists saw the video and and they know the Haley conglomerate, they're like, oh my God, this guy, would he just please just get across that ridge and get to the other side? He'll see exactly what he needs to see. But it's not really in the spirit of these things. So I spent the night in Haley along the Big Wood River. Then I got up and I headed straight for Craters of the Moon. Okay, well, if you were a fan of the pandemic series, I guess we're still in a pandemic, but let's not comment on that. I can't believe where we are. Let's just, I, I can't, I can't even comment on it, truly. But, you know, those 75 live streams I did from my backyard in the spring of 2020, pretty early on when we had live Q&A, people would uh, ask questions, of course, and I would answer them. And you know, people from all over the country and started to become more of a global audience and, and craters of the moon in Idaho would keep coming up. And, you know, at some point I said, look, uh, I just can't believe how popular Craters of the Moon is with people. Like, they, they just are, are absolutely gobsmacked by this place. And it doesn't seem to matter what lecture topic I'm covering in geology in the Pacific Northwest, people bring up Craters of the Moon, like, seriously, like, what about Craters of the Moon? So I kind of made fun of it, in a way. And it became a running joke where, like, every time I did a live stream, somebody would, like, try to squeeze in a Craters of the Moon reference, even though it's got nothing to do with it. So 
ha ha, you know, and then people started sending t-shirts with Craters of the Moon on it and all sorts of things. Well, <laughs> I'm on my way to this reunion of uh, the geology department, uh, which I'll tell you about in a bit if, you're, if you have any interest at all. So I stopped at Craters of the Moon and I wanted to get there early because uh, I don't like, uh, well, I I just don't like in beautiful natural places when there's a ton of people and a ton of conversations and kids and dogs and everything and people yelling back and forth. Did you go grab the camera, Harry? It's not my deal. So I did get there pretty early and got onto some trail. And again, purposely did not do any reading or anything. Just like, oh, this looks like a good spot. Parking lot looks empty. Let me grab the camera. Let me start filming. See what we can find together. So I stopped at, if you know the park, uh, it's a national monument. Nobody there to collect my money, by the way, as I went in. It wasn't that early. It was like 8.30 or something. Uh, so shot into this empty parking lot at Spattercone, and then did a little short thing there, and then, uh, oh boy, I can't even remember now. Another little trail right at that same parking lot and just kind of got off the trail a little bit, which is a no-no, but I thought, oh, whatever. You know, I, I want to show the viewers a few details. I, I, so I don't know if I'll ever hear from somebody who says, you left the trail and gosh darn it, that is, that is illegal. I understand the reason for keeping people on trails. I understand the reason so that people don't deface everything, but uh, whatever. I, I did it. I'm guilty. So there's a Craters of the Moon video. And of course, in the comments, uh, you know, these were all posted last week, essentially, on YouTube. So, you know, there's there's a, plenty of views and plenty of comments. And of course, everybody wants to talk about Iceland. now. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is just exactly like Iceland is going right now. And I still, I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, you probably have an idea, but I just can't get into the Iceland stuff. I don't know why. I don't have an explanation. I guess the easiest explanation is I, you know, I, I like to stay productive in creating new stuff. I get a big thrill out of doing that. So I guess the easy answer is I just don't have a lot of time to sit around and watch a live stream of what's going on on whatever uh, portion of the island it's called. I mean, there's names for everything now uh, with that eruption. I don't know what people are talking about. But I am a geologist, and with Craters of the Moon, there are beautiful parallels and, and corollaries. But I don't know. Maybe at some point this winter when I'm bored out of my mind and it's dark at 4.30 in the afternoon, I'll finally get into the Iceland thing. But I just haven't gotten there yet. Moving on. Again, there's six of these videos. I just, you know, this we're still before the reunion. So now we're fr that was Friday morning at Craters of the Moon, Friday afternoon. Well, that was a special one for me, and um, uh, I returned to my field mapping area where I did my master's thesis. Um, I, I came up with that. Last time I was there was, was July of 1988, so whatever that is, 33 years, I guess. A place called Lighty Hot Springs, and my field area was full of freshwater limestone called the Medicine Lodge Formation, but that was not the focus. The focus were three ignimbrites, or ash flow tufts, same thing, from a Yellowstone hotspot triggered 
supervolcano explosions, not in Yellowstone Park, but uh, closer to the Idaho National Engineering Laboratory. I guess it's now just called the Idaho Engineering Laboratory, I, I noticed as I was driving by. Uh, that was awkward. I don't know why that was so awkward. But basically, there's three ash flow tufts that are from the Heise volcanic field, which are roughly 4 million years old. And the calderas are buried beneath younger lavas of the Snake River Plain. But on the northern margin of the Snake River Plain, where I had my field area, here are these three ash flow tufts that were not buried by anything because they're out of the plain uh, proper. Well, I had not been to that spot in 33 years, and I spent many, 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 many days during the summer of 20, uh, sorry, during the summer of 1987 and 1988 mapping uh, on foot with my little knapsack and my rock hammer and some Pop-Tarts in my backpack and uh, my topographic map. Um, and I'm just mapping one section after another. A section is one square mile. And the goal was not just to map these ignimbrites, but to find normal faults. And I found two intersecting sets of normal faults, a bunch of northwest trending normal faults that were ultimately tied to the extension of the Basin and Range Province. That wasn't a surprise. There's northwest trending normal faults all through southern Idaho tied to the Basin and Range Extension, which is most famously in Nevada. But the real interest is that there's another set of normal faults in this lighty hot springs area that cut the limestones in the ignimbrites that are northeast trending normal faults parallel to the margin of the Snake River Plain. And those normal faults, the question was, is there a pattern? Uh, is there a relative age between the Basin Range normal faults and the Snake River Plain normal faults, which again are perpendicular to each other, northwest trending Basin Range, northeast trending Snake River Plain related. So I mapped all those normal faults at pretty small detail or small scale or large scale. I always get those confused. But basically it was a, a small area-ish. You know, what was it, 22 square miles that I covered on foot? That's kind of not bad, you know. Pretty good map. Uh, pretty good cross-sections, I think. But the, the, the takeaway was that there was not a dominant relationship between one set of normal faults versus the other. So they were both forming at the same time, essentially. And that was important because we were trying to work out the timing of the downwarping uh, or the deflation of the Snake River Plain as the Yellowstone hotspot, as this heat source continues to drift to the northeast. All right, well, I didn't get into the guts of that geology on the video. Instead, I was just like smelling the old smells and finding the place I camped and uh, banging on a few of the rocks, and I found a place that I remember sitting long ago and told a story of my tent being stolen with all my geologic maps. And <laughs> Anyway, that, that, that one will, 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 will be there waiting for you if you want to watch it, Lighty Hot Springs. I like that one, and I truly had not been back to that spot in so long, and so I turned on the camera and like pulled into the campsite, and uh, it, was a nice, it was a nice experience. Well, that gets me to Friday night, and I crash at my sister-in-law's house, and uh, we go downtown Pocatello and have a nice meal, and then, and then Saturday is the reunion. 
So Paul Link uh, just retired after 40 years, 40 years leading the Idaho State Geology Department. And he's from Wisconsin originally, so there's a connection there. And Paul uh, was a tireless worker. There was no work-life balance, as he talked about at the reunion. And he did an amazing uh, thing, um, building the program the way that he did in the early 80s. And my thesis advisor, Dave Rogers, is about to retire. And he's not that much older than I am. And he was fresh out of Stanford uh, in 1985, and I showed up in 1986, so I was essentially his first graduate student. And so I was there to celebrate the careers of both uh, Paul Link and Dave Rogers, and it was a great uh, morning, afternoon, and evening. So we were kind of on campus and at the geology building, and there were geology talks and posters, and of course a chance to visit with all my former classmates, many of whom showed up many of whom talking about retirement themselves. I'm like, what? what? How old are we? It's like, Nick, you're about to turn 60. We're all about to turn 60. That's what people do. They start talking about retirement. I'm like, I'm freaked out right now. I don't want to talk about this. I can't imagine doing anything else. They're like, whatever. The evening was a beautiful dinner at Pebble Creek Ski Area, which is south of Pocatello, up above Incom. And uh, just just a nice time. And I my, my tendency was to grab my phone, you know, and start filming everybody uh, and interview Paul Link and Dave Rogers and Brian Mahoney, who is a former classmate who's major anti Baja BC, as is Paul. Even even Mahoney, I said, hey, I got Mahoney. I got a microphone in my pocket. I got my phone in my pocket. Let's film you right now. He said, I, I'm five beers in. I'm not going to start talking about Baja BC half in the bag. So anyway, <laughs> so it was a good time for sure. And I owe a lot to uh, Dave Rogers and Paul Link. Uh, and I've talked about them before, I think. Uh, so I won't repeat myself here. But those were very important years for me. And uh, the least I could do was show up and celebrate those guys. Um. But there's three more videos. On my way home, it was so hazy. There was so much California wildfire smoke that I, I was disappointed I couldn't capture some of the things I wanted to capture. But, I, you know, I adjusted and just dealt with uh, outcrops at a much uh, more uh, kind of foreground kind of a scale. And you're familiar with those smoky skies. The light is weird and oftentimes beautiful if you're trying to capture things uh, in the foreground. So that's exactly what turned out when I when I, I, I wasn't even sure how I was going to head home. But I decided kind of at the last minute, uh, I'll go up U.S. 93. So I'll cross the Snake River Plain by the I, what, what do they call it now? Idaho, maybe they call it just the INL, Idaho National Laboratory, right? There's no E in there anymore. INL. Across the Snake River Plain, Arco, Moore, uh, got up to... Uh, the mining town of Mackey slowed down a little bit, popped open the Roadside Geology Idaho book again, and they're starting to talk about limestone and Mississippian and horn corals. And I'm like, oh, man, maybe I'll find an outcrop right down by the road here. Well, I did, just north of Mackey. I even passed it. The light was nice. I passed it. I drove another five miles north. I'm like, I should really turn around. I should really turn around. That, that's probably a good spot. 
I can't see the range very well up high, but that was a good, eventually turned around, went back, probably private land, not sure, but um, scrambled around, found a couple of horn corals by accident and uh, talked about the limestone. That was fun. Got back in the car, continued driving north, reading a little bit as I'm driving. Don't do that, kids. That's a no-no. Paging through the book. I'm going to finish with my little report on the actual, uh, well, I'll finish with a little comment on this book, the second edition, brand new, of uh, Roadside Geology of Idaho from Mountain Home Press. Is that what it's called? Mountain something press? Um. Got up uh, between, drove through Chalice, the town of Chalice. Now, you remember me talking about the Chalice magmas. Well, I actually drove through ground zero, essentially. There's a mining town called Chalice. And to swing it back to the reunion, you know, not everybody was there, including some of my former students who I uh, taught in Geology 101 long ago, and you're like, what? Why would you? Why? That's a little greedy. Why would you think somebody who took Geology 101 from you in 1987 would show up at a geology reunion? Well, because I got them interested in geology, they took more than 101. They went on to get a degree, and as I shared in that uh, Mackie limestone video. The first kid that I ever turned on to geology, like he was in 101, and then I talked him into taking another class, he's now the head of mining operations in Chalice, frickin' Idaho. Like he's the boss of everybody, apparently. And they're still mining, I guess, gold. I don't know what the price of gold is now, but gold and silver and copper, and apparently he's flying to... London regularly to meet with his financial backers or I, I don't I have no idea and, and I was sorry I missed him I guess he was at some sort of dinner the night before so Ryan McDermott if you hear this I'm coming for you I haven't seen you in a long time um, but I'd like to learn about your world and, and possibly involve you in this series especially I'm going to be talking about the Eocene this fall or this winter, more or less. I'll talk more more about that in a second. Uh, so I stopped uh, past Chalice. I stopped in a, essentially a ghost town, as far as I could tell, Ellis, where the Pissimilar River enters into the Salmon River. Again, roadside geology. Now I'm starting to get tired, and I'm hot, and I'm basically in bare feet. So I throw on some sandals, turn on the phone, and in one take, <laughs> in one take. I turn the camera on, I start talking, I cross the road uh, without getting hit, and uh, I, I find these amazing uh, Precambrian Lemhi range meta-sedimentary rocks with ripple marks and mud cracks. Uh, memorable. And that's Paul Link country now, because... If you recall the Baja BC discussions and the Nanaimo sandstones, and there's some tiny little Precambrian zircon grains sitting on top of the Nanaimo, if you're truly a Baja BC person, you're saying those Precambrian zircons are coming from Southern California. But the anti-Baja BC guys say, and gals, say, no, those, those Precambrian zircons are coming from the Lemhi Range in central Idaho. Well, that's where I was. 
I was I was playing around in these Precambrian belt supergroup rocks exposed in central Idaho. The last of the six videos, I finally got up to Missoula. So in other words, go up and over whatever pass that is, cross into Montana, drop down into Hamilton, way too many stop, sign, stop lights, um, Stevensville, et cetera. Got to Missoula. I'm like, I got six more hours of driving. I'm not going to do it. So I stopped, camped, cleaned up a little bit, not much, drove into campus, walked around on campus in the last hour of I guess that Sunday night of Labor Day weekend, filmed another one. Just me talking into the camera. I wasn't showing anything now except the, the faint shorelines of Glacial Lake, Missoula, above the campus there in Missoula. And then drove home on Monday morning. Lots of traffic. Even for the Spokane area, lots of traffic. So that was my report. That was, uh, a, you know, I, I don't know if you have a place like this, but do you have a place that you go that you knew very, very closely uh, 30 years ago or when you were at the beginning of your career or, you know, you met your sweetheart or whatever. Like, well, that's Idaho for me. Like, there are many places in Idaho that have not changed a lick. And the scenery and the smells and the feels, it's all there. And I always talk to Liz when I go back there, and I say, I don't know if she, I don't know if she feels the same, but I, I, I easily just go back thirty years. I, I feel, I feel rejuvenated. I feel like my life has just begun, essentially. And not to get over the top with this, but yeah, those three years in Idaho were uh, really the turning point, and well, I'll say it, the turning point in my life. I guess I was pretty lost before I showed up there. I was 24, rolled into town, didn't know anybody, uh, barely owned anything. I just graduated from the University of Wisconsin, was pretty sure I had made the wrong choice. Like, I was not engaged in geology. I wasn't excited about it. I didn't know what else to do except work somewhere. So I thought, well, I'll go to grad school, show up, and uh, I just absolutely blossomed. And a big reason for that was that that collection of geology professors at Idaho State University. And it didn't hurt that I um, started dating Liz and life suddenly uh, had all sorts of promise. That's all I'm trying to say. And so when I go back, and I definitely got a big dose of that last weekend, when I go back, you, you kind of remember all the things that you were excited about originally. I don't think I'm trapped in some sort of midlife crisis thing, but it is nice to go back to a place like that and a place in time, really, and kind of tap back into that. Last thing I'll say is that the, the Haley video after I posted it, and usually I post it on my YouTube channel and that's it, but sometimes I'll, I'll share it on Twitter as well and Facebook. I don't even really know why I do that, but I guess because I know some people only are aware of these video programs using social media, which is fine. So I posted the Haley Conglomerate video on Twitter, and pretty quickly I got a reply, or a retweet, or I can't even forget, from Chelsea McRaven Feeney. And she 
He said something like, great to see our book being used. So in other words, that's the first one, Haley Conglomerate, where I'm scrambling on this steep slope and I'm opening up the roadside geology of Idaho. Authored by Paul Link, who I was talking about in this episode. Sean Wilsey, who teaches in Twin Falls, and he's done another book. And Keegan Schmidt, a former ISU geology student who teaches up in Lewiston. But I noticed on the cover, and I even read on the cover, that the illustrations were from were by Chelsea McRaven Feeney. So I, I direct messaged uh, Chelsea a little bit back and forth. I'm like, oh, so you did the maps in that book? And she was very modest about it, but she ultimately said, here's my website, and you can see what I've been doing. She apparently, Chelsea McRaven Feeney, is the one person who's been making all of these amazing maps in, I guess, most of these second edition of the Roadside Geology books. So I basically said, look, I I'm sorry I missed the boat. I didn't realize it was you making all these gorgeous maps and illustrations and everything else. I'm your biggest fan. And if you have been watching the videos, you know how much I've been enjoying uh, her maps. And you're like, well, what's so special about her maps? Here's the here's what's so special. And I tried to tell her that by 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 DMing her. And um, I'm hoping to see her in Portland at the big GSA meeting next month. Hopefully, maybe getting her on camera somehow. What I love is that her approach to those maps are exactly the approach that I try to use in the stuff that I do, which is there is a chasm. There's a huge gaping maw between technical scientific papers on one end and this crazy, I'm distracted here. I got a new, new laptop, new microphone. Um, don't know if it sounds any better than the last couple episodes, but whatever. I, I'm still trying to get used to it, but the screensaver just showed up and screwed me up. Hang on. What was I saying? Yeah, I got two minutes left. Five, maybe. Um, yeah, she's in that sweet spot like I, I'd like to be in the sweet spot. Let me try it again. How are you going to teach geology to a general audience? Oh, you're going to do geology 101? You're going to talk in a condescending way? You're going to talk slowly? And say, out here, this is what we call a river. River. It's where water is mobile and flows down the... You know, give me a break. There's that. Super boring. And then there's this huge jump to these scientific papers where we're, we're in the gory details about some... Well, I'll stick with the river thing. Some sort of fluvial whatever and the grains and the... Ha, 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 ha. And nobody can follow what's going on. So you know I try to find the middle ground where I respect the audience enough to give them more than the frickin' fourth grade treatment. But I'm not interested personally in getting into the gory details unless I can see a use for it. She's doing the same thing with these maps. These maps are perfect for what I'm trying to do. And I'll finish with this. I did, I don't know, did I announce it here? Or maybe I haven't announced it anywhere. Um, 
I'm starting a, I can't remember. I'm starting a new alphabet series. You know, I did the exotic terrains A to Z uh, last fall. I went September through December, two a week. And uh, I'm ramped up now. I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to learn a bunch of new stuff. And I want to continue that format. I think it worked. Hopefully from the backyard if I can get every all this new stuff to work. And so I'm going to do an Eocene, a crazy Eocene, A to Z, starting in November. I think I'm going to go early November to, what would that be, mid-February maybe? Just to get through the winter, essentially. But I'll be teaching 101 at school and, you know, the same old thing and lots of advising of students. And that's all fine. That's my day job. But I'll want something to kind of keep me going fresh-wise. What? I'll want to be learning some new things. Just in general, it'll be fun to have an audience if I do that. And enough people have been asking for uh, another uh, live stream series, which is really nice. So that's the plan. And I'm going to be showcasing Chelsea's maps. Because if I double check with her and she's behind the maps of the new edition of Roadside Geology of Washington of Roadside Geology of Oregon, of Roadside Geology of Montana, that just came out, of Roadside Geology of Idaho, and all the maps essentially match with look and maybe even color. I haven't even looked at that yet. Oh, man, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. I can blow those puppies up and use those with this new live stream setup that I think I have in mind. I think I'm going to go all Dr. John Campbell on yo ass. Do you know who I'm talking about? Okay, I guess I'm talking about the coronavirus. Just another second at the end here. I get all my information about the pandemic and the coronavirus from Dr. John Campbell. If you haven't heard about him, he's a guy in England, retired doctor or retired nurse or retired university medical person. I'm not even sure, but he is excellent. And he broadcasts almost every day from his his home, second bedroom or something, I don't know, upstairs office. Uh, most recently, he's been away. I don't know where he is now. Uh, he's broadcasting from a different spot. But my point is, he's got um, multiple cameras. And the camera I like the best, in addition to looking at him, of course, is he switches to an overhead camera. And the overhead camera is over a place where he has things he can write out or papers he can share. And I've never done that before. If you've seen any of the videos before, I'm always holding stuff up to the camera, which kind of works. But I'm going to try to work out this multi-camera thing where I can have an over, I can switch to a camera and overhead and point out Chelsea's maps, let's say, or do some drawing with everybody and go back and forth that way. So we'll see if it works. I don't know if I'll get that uh, proficient by uh, November. Because October is quite busy. I've got a few trips in mind uh, that will be happening. But anyway, that's the update. It's been a little while since I did the last radio episode. I'm kind of done thinking about the Ice Age. And as much as I like Randy Lewis, I don't know if I'm going out with him again before the snow flies. I'm starting to kind of get my mind back towards exotic terrains and Eocene rocks in preparation for this new live stream. And so this Idaho experience I'm reporting on today uh, was a nice little uh, last fling, I suppose. Uh, 
uh, of the summer. And I, if you have a place that can take you back to an earlier version of yourself, and there's all sorts of good feelings to come from that, I hope that you can get back to that place regularly. Because for me, Idaho just really um, rejuvenates me. And we all need rejuvenation from time to time, don't we? 36-minute mark. I think that's done. I'm damn curious if this one actually has sound. Brand new uh, setup here. If it sounds okay, not perfect, but just okay, I'll go ahead and post this one. Dear listener, thank you. I love you. And goodbye.